This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, this is Tucker Smallwood from Star Trek Enterprise. You're listening to Trek FM. to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated Enterprise podcast. I am but one of your hosts, Brandy Jackala, and with me this week, returning triumphantly, Patrick Devlin. Patrick, how are you this fine day? I feel like there should be like a Rocky theme playing at this point. Like, dun 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 Whatever. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing just fine. We've got tons of rain coming in. Oh, we had that last week. It was horrible. Yeah, well, we're gonna we we're getting the effects of uh, well as far inland as you can be and still get effects of Hurricane Rosa. Oh, so it's gonna be a fun few days. But uh, the temperatures are gonna drop, and I'm most happy for that because 90 degrees is just dumb at this time. Yeah, of the, well, that was the benefit. It was our we dropped like 15 to 20 degrees, and humidity bottomed out, which was nice. Yeah. So. Good times. Good times. Well. Uh, before we get into everything that we're going to do in this episode, uh, Patrick, did we have any comments from our last aired episode, which would be uh, Shockwave, or Sharkwave, as Dave makes me think of it now, um, is that, commentary part Is that one. like a spinoff of Sharknado? <laughs> no, it's far more interesting. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we, had, yep. we actually had a ton. Um, so, Alan... Uh, McDonald, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it turned out he was mistaken, but he ended up doing all the math on what a meter is, and then, um, because he's had friends, I guess, overseas since 1984, and uh, and then it was turned out that, no, Brandon said 3.3 feet, so that was... He thought he said yeah, Right, right, but, but yeah. so that was a little back and forth on that, and then there was, I don't know, in that there was, what what the heck is a, a cubic? Cubit? A cubit and an, and an L. So that that was interesting to read all that. And there's actually, if you go into the thread, there's actually English units is a Wikipedia page for a massively confusing flowchart on that thing, mm. which is cool. Um, so I don't know. I guess I guess he said it right anyway. So it doesn't take much explaining then. I guess. Um, yeah, but it was it was funny because I was so confused while that was going on. I did not understand why this conversation was happening. And then I reread his initial comment, and I thought, oh, he thought Brandon said yards. Right, right, which is hugely different. Um, yeah. No, I was talking about how how close a meter was to a yard in that it's 3.3 feet, and a yard is 3 feet. So, right. Yeah. I think that's where the confusion may have happened. Right. So, and to tack on to that, uh, Nicholas, uh, Nicholas uh, Anastasio says, sign number 107, the future depicts by Star Trek truly is better. I'm sorry, depicted by Star Trek is truly better. The metric system is a global standard. And actually, um, it's a universal standard at that point. Like, everyone in the universe mm-hmm. uses it, not just on Earth. So, that's... Uh, yeah. Uh, Brandon goes royal with cheese. And uh, you point out that it makes sense. Measuring temperatures in Celsius makes sense. The imperial system is completely bonkers. And yet, America stubbornly refuses to convert. We tried that in the 70s because I remember learning some of it in the second grade. 
Then it just went away weird. Uh, another holdover of that is like we buy gas in gallons, milk in gallons, but soda in liters, and that just confuses people. People just know sizes of bottles now. You know, yes. like, oh, that's a two-liter bottle of soda. They don't really, they still don't, even seeing the liquid, don't grasp the size. Yeah. You know? Uh, which is weird, it's but just... I think it was um, it was comedian uh, Dennis Leary who said the reason why we do that is because well we have the bombs, so <laughs> we get to just decide what we want to do because you know we have the bombs. So. Yeah, but it's just it just makes no sense, and so it just makes us look that much more unhinged. Yeah, it's weird. It and then but Ron says I'm opposed. Uh, I'm the opposite side of the coin. We had to learn it in Canada in the second grade when I was young. Dividing by 10 was way easier than remembering unit conversions. So, I'm confused. It sounds like he's agreeing with you. Yeah, he he is, except that he actually learned all of it and uh, enjoyed that it was easier, whereas we were never fully taught. Oh, he's the opposite coin of America. Metric system. Not of your opinion. Yeah, now it makes more sense. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does make more sense. It's just, I don't know, people just don't grasp the distances is really the problem. The, the, yeah, well, that's the, the thing, though. If you are raised and taught that, then you do grasp no, the no, distances. No, no, I agree. You, I, I'm yeah, just saying, what I know. makes it confusing at first, like to teach someone like me who's 36... It'd be harder for me to understand. Yes, I understand the math is easier, tens and all that. But understanding the actual distances would take a generation or so. Like, my kids would be great at it. Yes, which is why I wish they'd continued teaching it in school. Yes, because then I would have taught it. I would have only learned it. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) the funny thing is, is that people are so stuck on Fahrenheit. And I'm like, why... Would you not just want a zero to 100 scale? Zero is the freezing point of water. 100 is the boiling point of water. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense than... Yeah, uh, because Fahrenheit is not even... Like, 32 is not even the freezing point of water. It's a mixture of water and brine and something else. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Same thing with the, the boiling point. It's just like, it makes... Zero cents. Yeah, I don't. Zero. I work. I work how I have to. Um, what drives me nuts is like because of my job, most of our stuff is in standard, so it's yeah. five sixteenths and all that. And I understand them. I get them. I, I can look at a nut, tell you exactly what it is. But then every now and then we'll get a piece of equipment that isn't, and none of us have the tools for it because mm. we only we. I don't carry non. I don't carry metrics. It just it wouldn't make sense in my profession. The once in a lifetime, op- and then I got to run to the store and buy a stupid metric wrench that I lose before I need it again. So if we could just come up with a system that works everywhere, metric, then we could be done with that and uh, make my yep. life easier. Plus, all let's just all go. Plus, metric. the tool companies could sell a lot more tools. Right. You can sell them all over again. Exactly. Um, and there's a little banter that goes on back and forth with that. Uh, so, like, uh, Ron says, I would be curious to hear what American math teachers feel about the subject. Do they like dealing in AIDS? Amy? Yeah, so Amy. But in all seriousness, I can add to that, too, even though I'm not a math teacher. I do actually teach math and electrical theory, which we do in the standard form, even though almost all electrical theory was done in metric and whatever. But um, I don't know. Like I said, because I've always learned it, I don't have a problem with AIDS. It doesn't bother me because I've always known it. It would be easier in tens, yeah, but, but if I see a metric screw, I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah, but it's not all eights because twelve inches make a foot. Well, yeah, that's that's true. Well, really, our scale is on so fours when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, but it's just inconsistent, is what it is, and I don't like it. <laughs> that's my final word. <laughs> well, okay, fair enough. It, it's on fourths. It's it's all derivatives of four, some way, shape, or form. Um, and it doesn't, yeah, yes, but just imagine the confusion in the buildings we would topple. Hmm. Actually, I'd pay money to watch. Oh, no, that. Not. I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm so kidding. I don't, I don't mean that. But no, I'm sure we'd figure out a way. But um, yeah. if tomorrow all of a sudden, you know, I had to start bending pipe, I'd, I'd mess up a lot before I got it right, though. 
Well, see, that's the thing. It's not something that would happen overnight. No, no. It would have to phase out. Like I would yeah. be do I would I would retire still using the standard system. It would be the kids that yeah. come up behind me, you know, a generation later that would start pushing metrics on the job or whatever. So um, yes. whatever. And Nick then says, uh, I know seriously when even the UK, the country that invented this madness converts, you know it's time. I think there was a more genuine effort on the part of society, government, and culture to be progressive, to be progressive in the 60s and 70s than there is today. That could account for the experience you guys had in your childhood. Uh, I would agree with some of that. Although in the 70s, mm-hmm. we kind of gave up on it. So, Yeah. Uh, maybe only the 60s. I could do a whole Eddie Izzard bit right now, and you would Yes, exactly it would be I'm great. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah, here's a metric system. You want a metric system? Get out of here with your comedy metric yeah. system. <laughs> but it's true. He makes a great point. That <laughs> literally a foot was a foot. That's how we got that, right? And then they eventually standardized it to 12 because the average human's foot was what we now know as 12 inches. And for whatever reason, they broke it up by 12. And uh, But that the country that came up with that was like, oh, this is no good. <laughs> we got to get rid of that. and Bye. Yeah. Yeah, so... Because uh, not every human has the same measurement. No, well, well, they did standardize it eventually. <laughs> but you always, you, when you were buying cloth, you always tried to find the guy with big arms. One, <laughs> two. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, uh, anyway, I Dennis Leary had it right. We have the bombs. We get to decide. And uh, on that note, <laughs> well, we have no more comments after that. So, yeah, exactly. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have any new reviews this week either. If you would like to go leave us a review, uh, you can do that in many places, which we'll go over at the end of this episode. But please leave us a star rating and written review. We'd appreciate that. And so let us get on with it. As they say, we are doing another writer's room. Come on, Patrick, get excited with me. Writer's Writer's room. room. Okay, is that better? Good. Put your shoulders I was trying to, into oh, it. Oh man, I'm way too white for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I have all the stereotypical bad rhythm. Mm. I just have terrible balance. No, I ba- my balance rhythm. okay. Rhythm way terrible off. Balance. Way off. Yeah. yeah. See, together we would make a whole. Yes. Person. Yes. One <laughs> dancing machine. <laughs> yes, we would be the best dancing machine hybrid you've ever seen. So. <laughs> So this time around, we are doing, is this going to be an episode or a movie? It's episode. Going to be an episode. Yeah, a fifth season, season episode. Um, I'm thinking late season, but yeah. Mm. Late season five episode. And we are going to go back into some familiar territory from season four. And uh, basically, our intrepid crew is going on a secret mission. Yeah, I, I like I like this idea because I, I like um, I don't like how they answered this in the series, so I think mm. season five should give us some answers to some things that I feel like they may have gone back to if they had a season five. So Agree. we can do it, and people cannot like it or like it. That's cool, but yeah, we can do it. Everybody's got opinions, you know. Um, yeah. we, the the movie was well received, and uh, so I, I'm thinking this that, that movie we came up with. Should take place between four and five, too. That would kind of make sense to me, maybe. I'm trying to place, because we've written a few things now. We've written the um, the Borg episode would be like an early season five episode, in my opinion. Yeah, but the movie has to be set around the time that the Federation is about to form. So it would have to come after season five. Okay. I was wrong. Fair enough. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I'll just cry by myself later. Uh, no! <laughs> Okay. No, All right, so that'll be a season five after season five. Okay, so yeah. all right, fair enough, fine. So we still still I want I like answering these questions from the previous season that I felt while they gave somewhat of an answer, it wasn't like a final answer to me. So what I was thinking was we can go and finally on this secret mission you mentioned, we can finally go after Velas. Because yeah. the fact that he just gets away and no one ever talks about him again drives me crazy. Agreed. You know, even if we don't catch Agreed. him, they never even talk about him again. It's just like, Not he's gone, it's mentioned. cool, don't worry about it. 
Yeah. So he escaped into Romulan space. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, and that kind of drives me crazy. Like, you think he would just, what, go hide on a planet? I don't think so. No. So I think maybe for the opening of this episode, maybe we just him on a Romul- on Romulus. Mm, okay. You know, we, we jump right into the fact that this is going to be an episode actually wrapped around him. And he's talking to somebody. Okay. Do you think, I, I feel like he would try to insinuate himself into a position of power. Well, I, I absolutely agree. And I think that this should be the first talkings of that or something along the lines of early negotiations with somebody about mm-hmm. something. Because I think, well, maybe we'll get to this by the middle of the episode, maybe not, but I think... At some point, he's going to have to be talking about an attack on Vulcan or something along those lines. Yes. You know. Agree. So, maybe not in this conversation. Yeah, but he... Well, no, you don't want to do that to start. You don't want to show your hand all first. You want to get in there. Right, so... And then you want to start implementing your plan. So, I think he should be talking to someone. Um, Maybe those guys that were controlling that... Dude who was controlling the drone, mm-hmm. maybe something like along those lines, um, about about getting more involved in politics. However, that would come about in a Star Trekky way. Like he wouldn't just be like, "Hey guys, how do I get into politics?" Like that's not how it would happen. But I think yeah. it should be a conversation that leads you to believe he's looking to get into the political side of of the Romulans. Well, and I'm sure that his platform would be, again, the whole reunification thing, uh, regardless of whether that's something he actually wants. Right. And Well, is that something they want? I don't, I don't really think that it is, because by the time Next Generation comes around, they still don't want it as a whole. Right. So, um, so would so. that be a wise move? Or would, or would he... Would he oh, maybe he... Ooh, ooh. Maybe he's the catalyst that gets them to truly hate Vulcans. Like, ooh. really push them to where they are in the next generation era. Ooh. You know, that, and this is like the start of that. Yes. Yes. That would make sense. So maybe he's talking to these guys about, look, I know more. I, you know, he's saying something along the lines of, I know everything there is to know about the Vulcan high command and where their strategy, you know, their strategies and where their installations are. And I can, I can definitely help with, with taking pot shots at them. And cause Romulans, let's say at this moment, don't want an all out war, right? They don't want to, they don't want to show their hand in the war. So he's, he's saying things like I can get you in and out. I can get you to places you can attack and get away from without them ever knowing it was you. Yeah. Of course, we know that all goes to heck because Romulan War. Yeah, um, right. Well, yes, <laughs> but that's the thing. This is this is like the this is like you said the catalyst for that and other things that we see in the right. Future. Everything kind of spawns out of here, and um, and I, I kind of like that idea that that's where you know we're giving an answer not just of what happened to him, but what what's to come and why that you know why that happened because between mm-hmm. now and then. You know, between now and TNG, we're going to, you know, we've always heard about the Romulan War. We've always heard about, and they did good books on them, but they're books. Um, so they're not technically canon, but neither are our episodes. Right. So we can just screw that up anyway, because we're not canon. But, um, yeah. you, you know, Discovery has the Klingon War, and we're starting to see these other events that are talked about a lot and held in, like, high lore in Star Trek. But now we can actually see them, which is kind of cool. And what brings them yeah. what brings up brings them about, which is even, in my opinion, even better. Because, so, I'm trying to remember the. How far after Enterprise is Discovery? Um, close to a hundred years. Right. So. Is my guess. So okay. All right. So, that's kind of perfect. Um, I I gotta find this out for certain because I know that. People are just screaming at their iPods. No, I think that's right because that's why they make the mention of no one's seen a Klingon or no one's really seen a Klingon in a hundred years because they're referencing Enterprise in that line, I believe. But so, all right, so we see that we have that conversation, and then when that conversation ends, it cuts to the 
when we see that scene end, it cuts to the the intro sequence. And as we come out of the yes. in- intro sequence, we see um what do we see? Maybe we see Archer sitting on the edge of Klingon space. Mm. All right, I, I like that idea because uh, that's what I'm trying to go for here. I'm gonna put way too much in this episode, like I normally do, but it's okay. No one, <laughs> no one's actually watching it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's all. A good. lot of stuff would hit the the cutting room floor in my episodes. Um, okay, so yes, um, I'm just double checking that. We had a finger up. It's... I'm just trying to get a... Okay. Um, It's... The first episode of Discovery takes place starting on May 11th, 2256. So, yeah. It's about 100 years later. Awesome. Okay, so once we come out of that credit, that the, the opening scenes, we get, we get um, the Enterprise and Archer sitting on... The edge of uh, Klingon space, right? Or close to right. it. Kind of monitoring what they're doing. Just, j- It's like a survey mission, though. It's not. We're not in war with them. We're not fighting them. They're not fighting us. We're just, he's just kind of monitoring the the border of, of Federation space. Uh, but... Okay. So, what I think would be cool at that point is... Uh, well, first off, in our episode with the, the Borg, we didn't kill anyone, right? Um... Not that I am aware okay. of. Okay, good. So everyone's still on the ship. At th- at this point, everyone should be on the ship, right? A, a year after season four. I mean, we yeah. shouldn't have lost anybody to promotions or anything. Although you may have. I mean, if you didn't lose them, not a- go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, it depends on whether you want to count these are the voyages as part of this continuity. Well, these are the voyages is a simulation that we answered in the movie that's coming out at the end of the year. Right. So... So then, then none of that necessarily actually happened, and yes, we still have everybody. Right, because even if it did all happen, it happened eight years after Tower Prime, right? But yeah. we're only, let's say, a year from Tower Prime, so okay. even then, we're still within the realm of all that could technically have happened, and it wouldn't affect our crew, uh, right. which I think is what we decided on. Oh, this is making my head hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's there. That's all that matters. So, everyone's there. Trip is alive. Everyone's there. So, so um, Archer gets called to his gets a call to go. He goes to his ready room to take it, and you hear about this secret mission that uh, they have to go get somebody. Right? That there's a uh, whatever. There's a a fugitive. Um, T'Pol is there because she has experience with. Fugitives, right? We already saw that, and um, and it's a Vulcan fugitive. It's all they, it's all they, all we know now. But obviously, the viewer knows what we're talking about, right? Because we just saw that fugitive. Um, so how do you want to play that? Should they, should they be secret, secret, or should Archer be explaining this to the crew? No, I think he should, he needs to say say all of this to the crew, but it is secret in that no one else in Starfleet knows that this is going on. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Um But you have to you have to tell your crew. You yeah, I to. mean you would think, but he didn't when he had to go with to Paul, so That's that was a different situation. <laughs> okay. Because that was something tasked by the Vulcan government. Well that's true. Um but so. Okay, but so is this. Yeah, but it's not just the Vulcan government, because Starfleet wants him to. Okay, so why does Starfleet and the Vulcan government want him? Well, because he's a... I can't say Dictator? <laughs> yes, he's a dictator whose actions resulted in the deaths of Vulcans and humans. And he also tried to start a war with the Andorians. Hold on for a second. Massive dictator. Hold on. Well, that's the thing, though, is that he killed his actions killed a lot of people and he used it to incite war and just well to incite distrust at the very least between Vulcans and humans and to incite war with Andorians. That's a pretty big deal. Right. So, okay, 
So <laughs> they're going after. They're going to go after him because, and both governments, the the federation as a whole, right? But well, not federation but, yet. Well, right. We're Starfleet. not. We have the voyages yet. Okay. So <laughs> the Vulcans and Starfleet. I just went over this yesterday on the edge. Starfleet <laughs> is not a government. It's a military branch of the government. But okay. So Earth. And the Vulcans both want Velas because yeah. of the acts that he committed that caused the deaths of tons of people on both sides. Yes, and the war he almost started with the Andorians, which could have destabilized a lot of things, and the Federation maybe never would have come to be. Correct, which we... But we, we don't know that yet. But I mean, they don't know that yet, but we know Right, that. we know that. So... And what what's he inciting the Romulans to do? That's a danger as well. Well, that's the thing now. The, now if, but so why'd they wait so long? Because they know so little about the Romulans. I mean, they probably don't even know that Remans exist yet. Very true. Um, so what what is the catalyst that gets them to realize now is the time to go get him? Is is kind of what I'm getting at. Undercover agent. There's an undercover agent. Okay. So an early section thirty one. Yeah, it, or Starfleet um, intelligence. There is a Starfleet intelligence. Well, maybe there wasn't back then, but you would think that there, there is now. <laughs> sure, Starfleet intelligence. And, unless you want to bring Daniels into it no. again. <laughs> We're not bringing Q back a third time. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, if you brought Daniels in, then he would tell them, "Okay, you have to go do this now because if you don't, A, B, and C might happen." But I can't tell you what A, B, and C are because it might influence the future, and we can't have that. No, I can only tell you to go do it, so it doesn't influence the future by influencing the future. <laughs> Thank you, Daniels. You, yes, you he's living just... contradiction. Um, well, and see, that's I the thing. Him. How do we know that his timeline is the best one? Well, not even that. How do we know he's not supposed to come back and tell us that what's supposed to happen if we don't do it? Yeah, exactly. And my brain has now exploded yes. and is leaking yes. out my head. More flowcharts. Okay. Yeah. Um, Timey wimey. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, we're getting confusing. Okay. So they have. I don't even think it should be Starfleet intelligence, though. I think it should be Vulcan. Sweet. Some someone who's Vulcan because they could easily make themselves look and seem Romulan a lot easier, right? Yeah. Which, which yeah. is why I don't think that the Enterprise is the only one who's tasked with going to get him. Right. I think there's a bunch of people going out to get him. Uh, maybe um, the Enterprise and the Columbia, and then three ships from it is the Columbia, right? Mm-hmm. Good. It's been a long day. <laughs> um. And then maybe say, like, let's just say three Vulcan ships are going out to find him. Okay. And uh, they, they're they all told to come back to, I don't know, I don't know. There's got to be a planet right on the border, right? So, are the Romulans? Make one up. Well, <laughs> well actually, no. Are there any planets in the neutral zone we know about? Well, let's see. Memory Alpha to the rescue. Because it wouldn't be in a neutral. Uh, it wouldn't be a neutral zone yet. Yeah, because there's still the Romulan Star Empire at that time. And, right, and we didn't. We haven't gone to war with them yet. Yet. Nope. Yet. Because really, that's just a demilitarized Let's zone. Let's see. There are a lot um, that we could pick. One that sounds uh, cool. Uh. Chaltock 4. Oh, awesome. So they are told to meet at Chaltock 4. Right? But, 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 Vulcans being as they are, knowing that they're better than humans, one of them decides to skip the meeting and go in early. Because they want to be, despite the fact that they have no emotions, they don't care about stuff, they want to be the ones to catch this guy. And they tip him right. off. To the invasion. Because he actually sees them coming. And he hightails okay. it to Romulus. He wasn't on Romulus. He was on another planet in that area. That works. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this one is that uh, we don't really know that much about Chaltalk 4, so it can work. 
Yeah, cool. Great. So they go there. It's some planet with some stuff. But they don't, They get in orbit. They don't even get to go down because they see the last ship fly right by. And then when they start arguing, when the humans and the Vulcans start arguing, you did this on purpose. Because even though Archer's starting to trust them, there's still some of them he just doesn't trust right because it makes for better TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, they start arguing over, you, you set us up. That's why there's three of you and only two of us, blah, blah, blah. And um, you're you're... You're putting the mission in jeopardy, and the Vulcans are saying they're just as mad as Archer is, and they're trying to hail him, and he they're not responding. And then um, Velas gets tipped off. The little drony flies in and blows up the Vulcan ship. <clears throat> so they're all dead. Which is a shame. It is. They have such pretty ships. Yeah. And only the captain was a jerk. I mean, the other people were probably fine. Yeah, and that's that's sad. Yeah. So now that happened. So, so he, he takes off and gets to Romulus now. So now he's sitting... I don't even know how their government works anymore. <laughs> they have like a sort of Senate thing. Yeah, so he's there pleading his case. That they have to attack the Vulcans now. That they have to do something to the Vulcans now. Right, and uh, I don't know. How do you think that conversation would go? Well, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure that a good talking point for it would be, you know, if we can weaken the Vulcans, then Earth will have no strong allies. And would be more ripe for invasion. Yeah, because uh, you're absolutely right. Because what does Earth have at this point? Two ships? Maybe they got a third one built? I think they have other ships. They're just not warp five ships. Well, yeah, but nothing. And they don't have the they don't have the firing capabilities of no. these other races. Like, like the Enterprise put on the best weapons they could find, and they were putting them onto the Columbia. But we never hear about them retrofitting older ships. Yeah. You would think that their their engines do play a role in their weapons. So Well, no, that's true. And I think that's why they're the ones that are the most heavily armed because they're the ones that are out there exploring and ready for whatever bad things might come at them, especially after the experiences of Enterprise. They know that they need these weapons just in case because heaven knows whole plating doesn't do anything. Yeah. So. Did we find shield yet? Did we make a shield yet? I I don't know if we've done energy shields yet. I think we're still with hull plate. So, do the Vulcans have shields? I think that they do. Fine. So, if they have shields, <laughs> then because we're about they are afraid we're about to go to war with the Romulans, they give it to us. Cuz I'm tired of hull plating. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, look, shields can fail too, but yeah, but they at least provide a buffer zone before things start taking out your hull. Right. Uh, this, uh, hull plating was just terrible. First off, like, hull plating doesn't even make sense. It's as if more metal shows up somehow. The, uh, that term. Yes. Magnetize the hull plating is how it started. And what would that do? Well, and it does say that since at least the 23rd century, which would have been the 2200s, uh, which is still before <laughs> what we're talking about. Uh, deflector shields were essential equipment on starships, but they could have been experimentally using them prior to that. I would think, if anything, they would have started with uh, Enterprise and Columbia because those were their most advanced ships. Yeah, they would have to. Um, so, okay, cool. So we have them. We have Vulcan... Shields now. Yeah. Um, or okay. at least Vulcan shield technology. Even if it's not as good as the Vulcan version, but we, we, we're we using that because I'm just so sick of hull plating. And, okay. And I if like we it. had only hull plating, we wouldn't stand like four seconds of a chance in Romulan space. So Mm-mm. we'd have to fix that problem. Um, yeah. So fixed. Right. <laughs> okay. So now he's pleading, like you said, he's begging. If we attack them now, then they'll be weak. They won't have, they don't have the ships to defend against us. 
you know, warp two ships don't have the ability to make weapons large enough or more powerful enough to attack us. Let's do this now. Um, I would imagine there's got to be some pushback because he is a Vulcan, right? They can't. They're mm. not just gonna outright believe him. But uh, eventually, they must come to an agreement. Maybe, uh, maybe when they find out where the other four ships are, they decide. All right, let's 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 mount an invasion. Yeah, because basically at this point, we're already in their territory. I say we, as in the collective. Right. We of Starfleet. So, so we've already gone back. We're no longer on a secret, top secret, like security mission. We're just out in the open here. Yeah. But fine, we'll do it that way instead. Um. Well, you know, that's the thing. You know, one one idiot captain ruined it for everybody. Right. Because the idea was they were going to go in undercover and maybe get some like. Originally, I thought maybe some cool like prosthetics. prosthetics. Yeah, make them look yeah. Romulan and you see Bacula with some weird hair and. Oh, awesome. It would have been cool, that but been great. now maybe they did that on the way there, and it's useless because he doesn't have to look like them. So now he just looks like a Romulan for no reason because that visual is <laughs> I something like I need that, to get on TV. <laughs> so there, there's that. Um, so he puts he puts that up, and uh, well, whatever that happens. Um, now they they decide to call back their ships. So now it's like, I don't know, 100 on 4, right? So this mm. this isn't going to end well for anyone mm. on our side. And uh, I guess, let's say they hightail it back to oh, somewhere in our space. Maybe Andoria or something like that. Hey, that's a good one. I like that. I like that. But but when we get back to Andoria, um, we see we see Archer and, and we see the Enterprise. We see the two Vulcan captains. But we don't see the other ship. That, for whatever reason, didn't go back to... The Columbia didn't go back to Andoria. Andoria. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but they didn't. And uh, now we're on Andoria. They, we're basically begging for help here, right? Like, we need help. Uh, they're coming. Go ahead. The Columbia went back to Earth to defend Earth. Okay. So we have one ship at Earth, three in Andoria, trying to figure out how to get more ships... Um, the two Vulcans, let's say, they leave because now they got to... Well, they can obviously talk through subspace, but now they're going back. Maybe they split up too because Andoria has a decent force. So maybe those two just go back to Earth. They're, they're rerouted to Earth. And we see a giant blockade at Vulcan, I guess, and Andoria, and three ships at Earth. All right. Um, with, I guess, people coming to help. But we do see this massive force heading towards... Us, from the Romulans. Okay. We have to find a way for our smarty pants to get out of this without actually fighting, because we're not going to win. This is so true. Um, okay. I, I really do like the whole idea of going to Andoria, because that isn't what the Romulans would expect. Right. They wouldn't. They would not expect them to get friends. So... So now, okay, so Andoria is transferring some troops. There's, there's troops everywhere, but we don't have the ships because we're not sure where they're going to attack. We don't have enough ships in enough places to defend them wherever they decide to attack. We would basically just have to hold them off long enough for other ships to come. And then, for some reason, the ships turn around in about face. Hmm. And here's what I'm thinking. The Columbia never went back to Earth. The Columbia actually stayed at, um, what was the name of that planet? Uh, Chaltok 4? That one, yes, Chaltok 4. They actually stayed in that area. And when all the ships started coming, now they would leave some ships behind, but they found a way around them because, you know, it's space and big. And Yeah, and three-dimensional. Yes. And, uh, but they end up getting into the council, senate, whatever the Romulans call it, and they actually take the head of the the governing body and Velas captive. Okay. Um, now, humans aren't really known for torture, so I don't really know. They must convince him that... Oh, oh. Oh, they they use like fake star charts and all these schematics, and they convince him that Velas was actually sending him into a trap. 
that the Vulcans actually had three times the amount of ships they really have, and that the humans actually had ten ships with a lot more firepower and better armor. All right. But what would be Veloss's motivation to do that? Because he wanted to wipe out the Romulans, finally. Because he blamed them for him being finally outed and moved on because they didn't get their job uh-huh. done. That would be the excuse, obviously. Right. No, that's believable. The truth is he wanted them to help. He 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 legitimately gave them good information. Yes. But they were able to convince them, look, you don't know us. I mean, you attacked us once, but you really don't know us. We have nothing in this game. But he's sending you to that's your doom. Game, they eventually convince them of that, and now the Romulans allow the humans to take Veloc back to Earth. That would be very tricky and a lot of negotiating, but somehow they work but it we, out. We don't show that. We never show that part. Nobody wants to watch that. Nobody wants to watch 12 hours of negotiation. True, but I, I think there should be some yelling back. Oh, we're taking him. No, we're taking him. No, we're taking him. And then eventually right. the, you know... The, the captain of the Columbia who had a name at some point. I uh, know her name, but it's eluding me at the moment. Yeah, all I knew because... it was it was a her. That's all I remembered. Uh, I know her name, and when I see it, I'm going to be very angry with myself. Oh, no, I, I mean, I've heard it before. I did know it at some point. I just can't think of it at all now. Uh, Erica Hernandez. There you go. So, so Captain Erica Hernandez comes back to Earth. She wins the arguments. She says, look... Without us, you would have all gone to your doom. You know, your empire would have been wiped out. So we're taking him back. When they get back to Earth, it's revealed that the reason why she was able to stay and get behind enemy lines was she had a Romulan separatist on board. Someone who no longer wanted to be part of the Romulan Star Empire and switched sides and helped her out. Um, can happen or doesn't have to happen. It doesn't really matter. I just like the idea. No, I like the idea. So we take Veloz back to Earth. Yeah. Yes. And. Uh, to stand trial, right? Presumably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that we're going to have time to put a trial in there. No, no, but that's just the yeah. idea. The idea is that yeah. he's going back to Earth to stand trial, not. Like, he's not just a captive. He's going to stand trial and pay for his crimes. Yeah. And, and then. The Andorians and the Vulcans could petition for extradition if they so chose. But we all know that's not how Andoria works. <laughs> no. Instead, Shran steals them. Yes. I'm always happy when we can work Shran. Well, that's where I was going with these. that. <laughs> right, I appreciate that. <laughs> you know my heart, Patrick. <laughs> so, so Shran just kidnaps them. And nice. takes the Romulan Separatists with him. Mm. Blaming both of them for the crimes that was committed in Endorian eyes by the Vulcans when Velas was leading them. Right. And he takes them back to Andoria for whatever version of trial they have. To stand trial question mark? Yeah, I mean you would assume that there's some kind of trial proceedings. I mean even yeah. the Klingons have them, right? So they're they're yeah. a farce, but they exist. Yeah, kind of like Cardassian trials. Right, right. Yeah. Although there, there's okay. a part of Cardassian trials that make more sense. An innocent man wouldn't be on trial. Yeah, but that's not really true. I, I understand that. I'm just saying there's a part of it. <laughs> not a, not yeah. a whole of you it. Can, you can say that, but that doesn't actually make it true. Um, so. Well, when we're done, we'll have a conversation about that. Um <laughs> <laughs> because our system is very much similar to that one, despite what people believe, and I can back that up with facts. Yeah. Um, no, I no, I agree. <laughs> I agree with you that that's not that that's the way our system is, but it isn't what it's supposed no, to be. No, agreed. But uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, we, mm-hmm. we, I would just bore listeners at this point. So, <laughs> and maybe if we ever do a trial episode again, I can get into it. But yeah. that's not the trial part here is really not important. So, um, now, so obviously the Vulcans want to, want to hold this guy accountable. The humans want to, um, hold him accountable and Andoria has them, has both of them. In fact, Mm -hmm. 
So, and I believe the reason why Shran really took the Romulan was not really to hold him responsible. It's because the way this episode, in my opinion, should end is that Shran trades him back at a goodwill, but he's keeping Velas. Okay. And I would assume, I, I don't, would the Andorians put him to death or would they? Probably. All right, so then we just see, we just see that part. We don't even need to see the trial. It's just, we understand that the outcome is that he's put to death. Yeah, because I don't think that Earth would do that, and I don't think the Vulcan would do that, but I absolutely think Andoria would. Yeah, me too. At this stage of the game. Me too. Or, or they would do something crazy, like, you know, make him live on the surface with no jacket, you know. And if you, <laughs> if you live, good for you. But On the surface, nothing survives. Oh, wait, that was Rurapente. Sorry. Yeah. Same principle. No. <laughs> So, but some, something ridiculous like that. We understand that he's been he's been punished and that he's not going to make it out. So we never have to hear from him ever, ever again. Yeah, because a slow death's too good for that guy. Right. <laughs> I mean, too, too a, fast a, a death. Quick yes. death's too a fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what I meant. Now, not a quick lethal injection. No, he's got a. No, and I'm not saying that that's what I would do. I'm saying that that would be the Andorian Correct. attitude, especially Shran's attitude. Yeah, well, yeah, so. definitely Shran. Yeah. And because, um, yeah. come on, he likes torturing people. Let's be real. He claimed he didn't want to torture people, but he, he was having fun. We're not having he this was discussion having fun. again. Um, We're not having this discussion again. He he was, though. <laughs> he likes it. He's crazy. You've seen one instance. You cannot judge his entire attitude towards something from one instance. He probably just really hated Saval. <laughs> That's not justification for liking torturing the man. In an Andorian's mind, it might be. <laughs> well, in that case, he would still very much enjoy um, torturing Velas. Then. Yeah, that's too easy. <laughs> He would he he would definitely hate him. Yeah. So I mean, he hated him enough to go kidnap him on Earth, mm, and risk risk true. the Federation for this whole thing. Yeah, but I don't know that he would torture Velos just for the sake of torturing. No, I think he wants him weak. Yeah. Well, you can you can do that just in. Just do the inhibition. Yeah, that's never mind. I'm just going to stop or talking he right could, there because I don't have a fully formed sentence. No, fair enough. But he could torture him simply on the principle that he shouldn't have tortured Saval and that he should have been the one getting that torturing. Ooh, there you go. That he wasted all his good torture on the wrong person. <laughs> yes. I love that line. So that's so wrong. So okay, so basically that's how the episode's going to end, except for one little detail. We mm -hmm. brought up the the Klingon space in the very beginning. I brought it up. We, it was my stupid statement that they were on Klingon space, and the reason is, and the reason why I need to know if it was a hundred years is this is when the Klingons decide they're going to, or whatever Klingons are not trying to kill each other, decide they're going to back off of what eventually becomes the Federation. Because they figure at some point they're going to destroy themselves with the Romulans anyway. Right. So instead of running into battle and losing soldiers for no reason, they'll wait for a winner. Right. And, it, and they're betting on the wrong horse. Yeah, and at some point, I mean, we they just make some kind of... You see the Klingons and they make some kind of comments about just turning and leaving the border that they don't have to worry. You know, those two will end up destroying themselves and... We don't have to get involved just yet. Yeah. And maybe they maybe they make some comment about having some other threat on the other side of their space that's a better fight for them or something along those lines. Tholians. No, you know, I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah, those guys. Sorry. No, maybe, no, just because you don't want to make them look weak. Like, oh, let's let them kill each other so we don't have to deal with it. But you do it, yeah, you but... do it in a way that it's it's smart and that they're fighting someone else anyway. Yeah, well, and technically, we don't know exactly what was going on during that time, so why not the Tholians? They're scary. Good point. We we know next to nothing about them. They're extremely advanced. Yeah, so, so. maybe they're, they're taking pot shots at, uh, at the Klingons at the time or something. Like, whatever, but it sounds good to me. Okay, and, I like uh, it. And that's just because, you know, when you bring up something in the beginning of an episode, you check off's gone. It's... 
Yeah, Chekhov's Klingons. Yeah, yeah Chekhov's Klingons. <laughs> so um, that sounds so wrong. But that you, you just—I had to bring it full circle, and I, we started talking about them because I didn't know where I was going. So here they are. No, I like that. It works. Right. See, you tied it back together. <laughs> because you know the Klingons, you would think would be pretty excited to get their hands on Archer again. Right. But if they've got bigger problems. Right, and if they figure then... Archer's going to get himself killed anyway. Mm-hmm. Because maybe that's what they were doing. They were watching Archer. They see all this unfold. They they were flying around behind him, cloaked or whatever. And they go, this guy's got a death witch of his own. I don't need to help him. And they leave. because, And then yeah. they bring up, well, we have so-and-so to fight with or whatever. The Tholians yeah. to fight. You know, they would just attack such and such planet on our border or something. Yeah, maybe the Tholians are trying to take over the Klingon Empire. Right. Perfect. All right. So, cool. you want to give the rundown of what nonsense <laughs> I came up with and a few good ideas <laughs> we, you had? <laughs> we came up with. Okay, so uh, we start with uh, seeing Velos. Um, are, are we keeping this part where we see him on Romulus negotiating? Okay, because it, it, it can all go back to being, you know, two days earlier, but we're not doing that. Um, so, he's trying to get involved in politics uh and trying to incite an attack against Vulcan. Romulans don't want an all-out war yet, so he's trying to insidiously get in there to start influencing yeah, within the government. Yeah, fear-mongering. Um, and that's our cold open, and credits, credits, credits. Uh, now we're on Enterprise, and they are monitoring the border, did I just say monitoring? Yes. <laughs> they are monitoring the Klingon border. Just kind of keeping an eye on what's going on because they have had some crazy dealings with the Klingons. Uh, which is, it's kind of dangerous to send the NX-01 there, but hey, you know, they're, they're in their own Crazier territory. things they, have happened. <laughs> yeah, the Klingons can't really do anything about it because they're not fully within the Klingon Empire. I mean, unless you go to Discovery and watch how they just say, you're in, you're too close, we blow you up. Well, yeah, but that had been building up over 100 years. And it started here. Started right here. Right now. Archer pissed him off. It's Archer's fault. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, So, yeah, so uh, Archer gets uh, a message that... uh, there's going to be a secret mission to retrieve a Vulcan fugitive, but they don't know any more than that uh, at the time. And three Vulcan ships are coming to meet them, and so is the Columbia. So they're all five going to a planet called Chaltok Four within the Romulan Star Empire to meet with an undercover person. And one of the Vulcan ships decides they're not stopping at Chaltok for. <laughs> and they go heading off to Romulus and uh, Veloss is tipped off and uses his Romulan friend's uh, drone ship that can look like any other ship to blow up that Vulcan ship. So Jig is up already. And sadly, Archer and the rest won't get to use their really fantastic Romulan makeup. And prosthetics that they already had put on. <laughs> so now the whole mission is in jeopardy. And uh, this, of course, is impetus for Veloc to go back to Vul- uh, not to Vulcan, for Veloc to go back to Romulus and plead his case to their governmental body about how they need to weaken Earth and Vulcan now because they're going to try to invade the Romulan Star Empire. And they've already started their invasion with this secret mission that Velos managed to divert. So he's making himself look like a hero, doing some more fear-mongering, etc. Meanwhile, the two remaining Vulcan ships and Enterprise hightail it to Andoria. Columbia supposedly is going back to Earth. But... We don't know for sure about that yet. And they're, of course, explaining to the Andorians what's going on. Andorians are massing fleets uh, to help with defense, but honestly, they're going to be outnumbered. 
And of course, Romulus is now heading to Earth. There aren't enough ships to defend. And uh, as the Romulan ships are en route to Earth, they suddenly turn around and go home. And as it turns out, it's because the Columbia didn't go back to Earth. They stayed at Chaltock 4. And uh, they uh, actually, what's the word I'm looking for? Infiltrate the Romulan government, steal their leader and Velas. And the reason they were able yes. to do that, not because they had someone on board the whole time that was Romulan, it's that the person that was feeding them this information in the first place was meet. Romulan. It wasn't, we were trying to figure out what body that came from. Was it the Vulcan or whatever? No, it was actually the Romulan that they get now yeah. that was feeding them this information. And, yeah, because that would be, that would work if he was the one that they were supposed to meet. That would that would fix yeah. that problem. So, uh, and they use basically falsified informations, informations? <laughs> they, they use falsified information, star charts, etc., to explain to the Romulan leader that uh, Velas actually was planning on wiping them out, that this was all a ruse to destroy the Romulan star empire as revenge for not following through and creating his empire on Vulcan. And so uh, they are able to convince him of that. And after some heavy negotiations, they are allowed to take Veloc back to Earth to stand trial because that's what Starfleet does. Uh, Shran isn't happy with that idea. Yay, Shran! And he, he, uh, he takes Veloc and the Romulan Separatist steals them away and takes them back to Andoria, but as a gesture of goodwill, trades the Romulan back, uh, but keeps Velas. And then what happens to Velas? Well, Shrek, Shrek. Ah! <laughs> and donkey. Not even the same color. <laughs> not even the same color. How can I do that to my beloved Shrek? Yeah, wouldn't he be more like the, uh, the Orions. Yeah. He would be. He's big. Big, uh, green. <laughs> sort of bumbling. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Very bumbling. Uh, so, so Shran is upset that he wasted all his good torture on the wrong Vulcan. And lays two on Veloc. And uh, then I, I'm, I don't know... Who, if we actually decided they were just going to set him out on the surface with no protection and watch him die. Yeah. I mean, sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, sounds, it sounds Endorian. Yeah. It sounds he's Endorian. He's not, it's not like he's one of their own that committed a crime. So he's yeah. a war criminal as far as they're concerned. And True. they can just throw him out there and sure. Suck it up. That works. Yep. So, uh, but one more thing to tie up. The Klingons have decided, after seeing Enterprise near their borders, that they are going to withdraw further inland into their territory, because with all that's going on between Romulus and Vulcan and Doria, Earth, they believe they'll all destroy each other anyway, and they have bigger fish to fry because the Tholians are trying to invade. Perfect. That's and then Q shows the up. Episode. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> No, no cue. No, 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 no fan no service Q. like that. So, yeah, I don't think this is as good as our Borg or our movie ideas. But if it was laid out in a true season and there were hints to this coming, I think mm-hmm. the episode would hit really well. I think it would too. Like, I think if it was done by real writers, well, that too. <laughs> I mean, but not like, yeah, just the ideas of this episode would be as a standalone. It's kind of like. Uh, out of nowhere, we just yeah. get Veloc. But if they were kind of, sh- if you watched this episode and went, oh, so that's what that call was in episode six. Mm-hmm. Well, and it could be that the Romulans are starting to make a little more noise where Earth and Vulcan are concerned. And that's why there is this concern and wondering why this is happening now. Right. And so, well, yeah. And then. And if that was happening, if if the Romulans were taking like pot shots at ships as they went by or whatever, or blowing up transports or cargo ships or whatever just to cause problems, um, 
that could be why the separatists don't want to deal with this and they want to get out. And it also gives Velas the excuse to go back and say, look, they're attacking you. No, they're not after me. They're after you. We need to attack yeah. now. So. Yep. So, you know, if, if we actually had lead up episodes and this all made sense as a season, I think the episode would actually be better than it sounds currently. <laughs> if yes. that makes sense. And I don't think it's a bad episode. I just don't think it's our best writer's room. Yeah, well, they can't all be, you know, five stars. No, I mean, they had Fraggle Rock and that was professionals. So. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Sometimes you swing uh, and miss. Yeah, so uh, that does it for this writer's room, but uh, talking about Fraggle Rock isn't the only thing we've been discussing on the network. So take a listen to some of the other things you may have missed here on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Literary Treks. I agree, though. It's fun to say, hey, I know who these characters are. I've seen them before, and now they're all together. That is cool. But at the same time, mm, how realistic <laughs> is it that they would all know Worf at some point or another? Well, it's just further evidence of my thesis that Star Trek is the story of Worf. This is what I've always said. <laughs> Worf is the central character in everybody's lives in Star Trek. <laughs> The 602 Club. And what was, in some ways, I think, poignant for where we are today. You know, the word Nazi gets thrown a lot, around a lot. But I think the beauty of who Juliana is is that she sees past even the word Nazi. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's really important. I, I think that that is the, I mean, we need more messages like that. The Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Okay, next year that's my goal. I will be. Yeah. I will carry the Haley <laughs> well, mojo. You'll, you'll have the head. Me. So <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'm acting in behalf of Haley. Give me a hug. Yes. <laughs> Just, as long exactly. As, you don't, as long as you don't tackle them on the way to the staircase, I think it's okay. To the journey. So they don't call it a Navy, they call it the Federation Naval Patrol, but same difference, it's basically a Navy. But what is its reason for being? To me, it sounds like they just renamed the Coast Guard. So the Coast Guard is no longer, and now it's just the Federation Naval Patrol. But I'm guessing for like people that go out pleasure sailing and get stuck, the Federation Naval Patrol is there to help. They rescue like the tourists Guard. on Ryza who are drowning? Exactly, they just rescue people. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcast. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. Despite what you may think, we would love to hear your thoughts on today's show. <laughs> there are many ways that you can do that thing. The best place to join in the larger conversation is, of course, the Babel Conference, which is our listeners group on Facebook. If you go to the search field on Facebook and type in Babel, B-A-B-E-L, you will probably find it as the first or second result. It, it'll come right up. But if you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select, what are we? Yes, Warp 5. That'll come right to us. And you can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. So Patrick, when you are not inferring that Shran loves to torture, where can people find you? Oh, well, they can find me. And they can find me doing that, in fact, <laughs> on the Babel Conference. <laughs> Um, I also do it heavily on Twitter, where you find me at Magic Drop Five, and uh, I don't really do that on the Edge, but you can find me on the Edge with my good friend Amy Nelson uh, every other Friday. So, Brandy, when you're when you're not just going around starships because space is three dimensional and nobody seems to understand that in Star Trek, 
Where can people find you? <laughs> it's so true. Uh, you can find me in the Babel Conference, obviously. You can find me on Twitter at Brandywine12. Brandy's with an I, 12's the number. Uh, you can also find me from time to time on the 602 Club here on the Trek FM network. And uh, this actually will have happened after this recording has released. Uh, Oh, before this recording has released, uh, Live from the Edge will be back to cover the short treks that are coming out on the first Thursday of each month from October through January. And we've now also received word that Discovery is coming back in January, although we don't have a specific date on that yet. But uh, we are going to be doing short Live from the Edge podcasts on that Thursday night at 7 p.m. Mountain, which is... 9 p.m. Pacific and 6 p.m. No, nine p.m. Oh, no, nine p.m. No, nine p.m. Eastern, Eastern. And six p.m. Yeah. Pacific. Oh, and I almost said Pacific. I'm just done. Stick a fork in me. Uh, That's it. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you also can find me uh, with my husband, Dave, on the Dark Corner Podcast at darkcornerpodcast.com, where we talk about things from a darker perspective, and we are very nerdy and sweary. It is not for children. Or work. Or work. At least on speakers. Headphones, yeah. Right. Headphones, okay. All right. So if you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron on the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trek.fm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trek.fm. To get all the details, perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. Available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details on patreon.com slash trekfm. Somehow I hit a second wind right now. And at this time, we would like to thank our associate producers for Warp 5, a wonderful Romulan separatists all. And they are Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Oser, Mark Flessa, Chris Trebuzio, and Jim McMahon. We really super appreciate your support of Trek FM and Warp 5 in particular. And uh, we couldn't do this without you guys. So, that is it for this episode of Warp 5, and join us next week when all three of us should be back together again for a week. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, keep calm and boom on. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5 Trek FM's Deaded Enterprise. Po- Deaded? I was going to let it go. <laughs> so, so uh. just just to be sure, um, <laughs> when I was growing up, if you said I deaded something, it meant you ended it. So, yes, I know. You, you just... Uh, effectively ended War 5. We can stop recording now and just release this 36 okay. seconds and be done. Well, thank you for joining us on this final episode of War 5. Hope you guys had fun. Just keep calm and boom on. This is the stinger. Oh. Boy, right out of the gate. <laughs> Woo, found that one quick. <laughs>